0: mmm that's good and that is the sound of a new episode of digital coffee that's right brewed up hot and fresh for you this week and let's get on with what's going on in the, the tech news so it looks like uh julian assuage the pro-tif- prolific 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 uh CEO, founder of WikiLeaks, has decided not to turn himself in upon the release of Chelsea Manning. Uh, He did say he would prior to this if they did that, and now he's backtracked. Now, the funny part is is that (laughs) the media in general is like, oh, my gosh, he's lying. And I'm like, well, what about all the celebrities that decide not to move to Canada once Trump was elected oh wait that's right double standard here yes he didn't want to do it because he doesn't want to face charges and rightfully so who really wants to face charges on the alleged um sexual things that he did i mean to be honest with you would any of us really want to not really condoning or saying that he shouldn't It's just well if we're really going to be honest here let's be honest about well all this all the high profile celebrities that are like I'm going to move to Canada because Trump is elected and then everybody's like okay you're going to move. Well no, I was not really I was pretending and we're like no you weren't. Stop stop saying that. You you, you said you were going to move. So move. So this is basically what every other high profile powerful person is doing. They make these big declarations or boisterous declarations. And then all of a sudden they just backtrack once it actually comes to fruition. And it's like, well, are you really, are you really like based on your principles are you just saying this to get attention? And nine times out of 10, especially when they post it on social media, it's all a show, it's all for attention. There is nothing really that sincere when people post most of the time on social media we're all just huffing and puffing, and I will put myself in this category, too, just in case you're like, ah, but you're basically not saying yourself, no, I'll put myself in there every once in a while. I mean, I'm, we all make bold dec- uh, bold declarations or bold statements that um, sometimes we can't actually back up because we're human. We contradict ourselves all the time. And if you don't think you do, you're wrong. Uh, but, yeah, um, so... So the, the media, which usually tends to lean left, especially in the tech industry, very left, uh, has decided to jump on him saying, look at you. You're not really being transparency about this. And unfortunately, they do have a point about one thing is that he is the one saying that he wants transparency and truth and everything. And now he's not really being truthful about his own statements. So they do have that on him. However, if we're going to hold everybody's uh, feet to the fire, we got to do it. With the celebrities as well, because they've done the same thing, and it really hasn't—it um, really hasn't been a really good thing for them. Uh, so, like I said, you could either you can take it for what it is, or you can uh, be really mad at him. But regardless, uh, celebrities have done it. He's done it. I'm pretty sure most politicians have done it uh, in one way or another. Um, so. Like I said, take it with a grain of salt. Don't expect everybody that says they're gonna do one thing to actually, well, do it, because they're not going to do it. They never, they never do. All right, are you an avid Slack person? And another question is, why aren't you on my Slack channel? Because it's open to everybody and you can talk about tech all you want. Anyways, um, beyond that little um, you know, little blurb right there. Uh, Slack has, well, finally brought out threaded messages. That means it's kind of like, you know, the little comments between the little comments and Facebook, that's what they're actually doing. So they finally actually brought it out. It's one of the most, um, talked about features that people wanted and they finally have actually done it. And even though it, it, it's kind of more of a reply and it actually doesn't alert you if someone actually replies, let you at handle them. It's kind of a way to keep everything in little, in order. So I think this is actually a pretty good update. I love Slack. I think Slack is a great platform uh, for uh, people just to communicate with each other, even if it's not for businesses. I'm not kind of an open chat platform. It's why I cre- created one for that. If you really are interested, just let me know, and I'll tell you where it is, and we can come in and chat. And then you can bring your friends because that's what I that's what I like to do. I ch- chat about tech, gaming, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Not just that. Uh, but anyways. I like this update. I think this update's great. If you don't know what Slack is, Slack is basically it's it was geared towards being a uh, business professional messaging site, but it does have a f- a free uh, a free account or a free side of it. So it could be almost anything. It could be business or not related, as I have it as well. So like I said, if you're looking, and I'll plug it again, if you're looking for to start up a community talking about tech. and I don't care what side of the political spectrum you fall on, I'll take everybody as long as you're just respectful of people's, well, opinions, and you don't know, well, say too mean things. I'll let, I'll let you go a little bit, but not too far. Um, you can join it, I have my own strong opinions, and we can debate and see which one, who's better. I'm not saying which one's gonna be better because that would be spoiler alerts and you have to find out. Anyways, moving on to Google and kind of Google uh, mobile app type updates. So Google has added an offline search feature. It kind of helps you with, you know, bad um, connection or bad service. Uh, so what happens is that it doesn't really technically download anything. It just kind of like figures out where you're going to be. And then once you get back into better connection, you'll be like, oh, look, there's this result, this result, this results. So it's kind of more of a backlog of things that you may uh, want to know about. It's kind of a little bit more predictive in that way. So it will kind of like uh, queue up things that maybe you should or shouldn't know, or maybe you actually might forget while you're walking along. So it's kind of a better way of um, helping with those spotty connections, especially if you're like, you know, in a subway or in a really bad area like Montana which gets no service whatsoever, <laughs> this is a great way of actually having service. So I think it's actually a good update, a little, a little freaky out, I mean, it could be like, ah, how'd you know that? You had no service, how do you know me? Uh, but this is this is our nature of tech right now. I mean, it does know things. And, that, and if you're worried about that, you might wanna go completely off grid because it's gonna be more and more predictive because that's how it's gonna be running from now on. You're not gonna have less predictive um, devices anymore. You're gonna have more it's gonna be predicting your where you are, your feelings, your likes, your dislikes. It's, it's just gonna know. They're gonna know. Also, Google Maps is updated. It's more of a beta format, but it's updating to actually tell you how bad parking could be at your destination. So if you're going somewhere, it might pop saying, Hey, well, um, you might um you might not want to be here, or this parking is gonna be terrible. And so you'd be like, Okay, I gotta plan accordingly, or let's go somewhere else. So I think I, I kinda like that part about it now, is that it says parking, and what I will say is parking is usually not easy near this destination. So at least you'll know in advance if you have to go hunting or not. Um because Finding a parking spot or parking spot hunting is not really that fun. It's not on my top of list of things to do during the day. I mean, it's part of life, but it's not like ooh, I get to go and do this ooh. But I think this is actually a a a good thing uh, to actually to actually have. Now, if it's actually any good, that's well, that's depending on the user. But I won't I won't be against it. I mean yay, we, we finally know if parking's gonna be great or not. I mean, this is probably will be, there probably will be some hit and misses with this, as with everything with Google's new feature, hit and misses. So it could actually say it's gonna be really difficult and then you, you, know, you go in you're like, that, that was easy. Or it could say it's really easy and the opposite, it's actually pretty difficult. Like I said, depending, it's, it's also in beta, so you'll probably get a lot of things wrong, uh, but, We'll see. We'll see how good it is. All right, Vimeo has updated uh, its basically its video creator site with a little bit more interesting uh, tools. So it's actually going to have a uh, creator collaborate collaborate and real uh, reviews in real time. So it'll allow allow uh, people to t- kind of timestamp and give a review or kind of give some feedback on it. Now this is only for uh, Vimeo Pro. You know, business members so if you're not one of those you will not be able to actually have this but if you're one of those um one of the uh, aspiring videographers uh, this could be an interesting tool for you to kind of see what people are actually talking about with this um now vimeo has kind of been an interesting platform because it was originally competitive to youtube after a while kind of saw that it couldn't keep up with youtube so what it did was it pivoted to more of um more high quality videos of more of like films in a way uh to have like a certain standard and so that's kind of how it's found it's like business and its niche uh so this is just one way of just pivoting even further away in that regards and it's not a bad thing to actually do because it I mean, to be honest, it couldn't have competed with YouTube. YouTube was just blowing it away with, <laughs> with what it was doing. So this was a better option for them. And good that they figured it out and they're actually driving forward to actually doing that. Um, because if you do think about uh, YouTube and uh, Vimeo, if you think of Vimeo, a little bit more high quality uh, videos. Not saying that YouTube doesn't have those at all. It's just that these are a little bit more film-like presentations. And... More, or I could say more often, more film-like presentations than YouTube. YouTube has a, a cacophony of different <laughs> videos, and you can get yourself lost in there for hours and go, I just wanted to watch this video, and I found my way watching 18 other of these videos. How did this happen? But that's what they're good at. So kind of like what they're doing with this. Uh, but once again, if you don't have the of, you know, pro or business accounts, you cannot use this. Sorry. Right, this is... I don't know about this one. So apparently some school employee who was managing the Twitter account decided to make a little funny, like, jib or a little funny uh, sarcastic joke to one student because one student um, basically tweeted at the school saying, hey, uh, close school... And they misspelled tomorrow, please, with all caps. And then the person managing it said, but then how would you (laughs) learn how to spell tomorrow? Because they misspelled it. And apparently the school administration didn't like it so much and fired the employee. Why? I do not know because there was absolutely no backlash to it. Actually, the student was okay with it, uh, which is always a good sign because I was about to be like, oh, great. Now there's just backlash for no reason at all. But there wasn't. It's just the school being preemptive about it just in case there was. And now a lot of the students are like, we didn't have a problem with it. Why are you doing this? You shouldn't have done this. And so they're now, they now actually signed a petition to get the uh, school employee's job back, which I say kudos to these students because that's actually really good. And you want school administration? Seriously, you're going to fire an employee over. Them saying, "Hey, you should go to school. Isn't that your whole purpose? Is to get kids to keep on going to school? So in that way, they actually did the job for you, and they should be praised for it, and not let go of it because they actually did a pretty good, competent job of being a little fun. Because one of the main complaints about the Twitter account was that it wasn't that fun. It was kind of dry, and it wasn't really. Um, they didn't weren't having fun with it. And so this employee decided to do it." And you fired her for what you said you wanted her to do. So I'm very confused on what you want to do. And this is my problem with a lot of upper management is that they say they want you to do one thing and they never really actually want you to do that. And it's all very confusing. Then you get in trouble for some weird reason. Uh, So I don't understand why there was a problem. This actually should have been non-news, but since you made a big deal about it, it is news. So the school administration is going to have a pretty big PR nightmare in general. But like I said, the Twitter account, the person doing it, which your name is Katie Nash, if you wanted to know, basically told the student, well, if school closes, then you'll never learn how to spell properly in a more fun way. Uh, and you go... <laughs> and that's why my head's like and your logic is we must fire this person because they told the, they told our student to go to school w- what like that makes no sense whatsoever you you should be like praising her for that and instead you fire her like i i doesn't make any sense in any stretch of the imagination hey we want to make her Twitter account light and happy. Well, you did that, so you're fired. What? Huh? I just did what you told me to. do. Well, yeah, but you're supposed to tell us what we don't say. So I'm supposed to be have the Twitter account the same thing. Well, yeah, just in case we get backlash. Well, then no one's gonna follow your Twitter account because you're a little safe. Like that's that's just how it is. And so, well, I don't. I feel no. I have no sympathy the administration and they basically deserve whatever they're going to get from the backlash, which they kind of already have. All right, but moving on. So it looks like Google and LG are going to be joining forces to make some new smartwatches. That's right. The beleaguered or not very are underperforming smartwatch industry has not really had the best run. Uh, last year, Pebble is no more and Fitbit bought them. And I'm still mad at Fitbit and I will never buy a Fitbit. And I'll tell everybody not to buy a Fitbit because I don't like Fitbit. But anyways, um, Google and LG is teaming up to bring uh, new smartwatches with Android Wear 2.0 next month. That's right. We'll be able to see what Android 2.0 will it be all about. And there's some interesting new updates with it as well uh, as well as being a circular uh, OLED device. It also uh, One of them also has 4 gigs of onboard storage, which is pretty hefty uh, for a small watch like that. Also, NFC support for Android Pay, uh, so you can do that. I, iOS compatibility, because that's always a big thing, and that's why I always like uh, other devices than Apple's, because Apple's is always, it's only here, and I'm like, great, but I don't only, only want to use yours, so why are you doing this to me? But that's, that's my opinion. Uh, <laughs> um, so should be interesting to see if it actually works out. Now the sport watch or the watch sport will have a little bit more of a water resistant to it it will also have a heart rate sensor as well um so there's that too but like i said before this is hopefully this will help kickstart the smartwatch industry a little bit better than it has before because it really hasn't it hasn't done much i mean Fitbit actually did acquire Vector as well, but also Pebble. So there are two other companies that are in, that were in the smartwatch industry that are no more. And it does look like the smartwatch industry is kind of just languishing. And no one really can actually, you know, make a solid hit out of it quite yet. Um, but we should see if like Motorola or, or Sony or Samsung will actually, you know, utilize this. Um, actually have some pretty good options out there as well. Right now, the only, the main reason probably why people don't want to use it and what I hear all before is they just don't understand why they need to use it. That's the biggest problem is that they just don't know why they need to use it. If you don't know why you need to use it or why you need it, no one's going to buy it and no company has like found a way of saying this is why you need it type of a thing. They've shut off all the cool features, which is awesome, but... The problem once again is, why do you, um, why do you need this? Like, why do I need to buy a, another electronic device that I have to plug in when I can just use a regular watch that I never have to plug in? And I think that's all going to have to come down with battery tech. Is that the battery tech is going to have to get better so we don't have to plug it in as much as we do now, and then it will become a little bit more of a um, a uh, useful product and a little bit more of a, oh maybe I actually do want I actually do want to buy this because uh, they don't have to plug in every three months instead of every day because that's what you have to do right now just plug it in every day or every two days uh, if you have one of the one of the pebbles if you if you were one of the users before everything went down all right moving on two. Uh, so if you were looking for a kind of alternative note type of programs, there's an interesting one called Mila Note. Now it's a little bit more of a creative uh, angle or side of it. and It's usually more of a bulletin board Pinterest style, I could say, or Google Note type of thing with doing t- different pictures, different types of to-do list. So if you just didn't really like Evernote, and I completely understand if you don't, this is something that you should look at. Now I did sign up for the early access. Now it's coming out next month, which is less actually less than a month, February seventh. Uh, so it should be interesting to see if this will actually work out or not. There's a lot of competitors. There's Evernote. There's Google Keep. There's OneNote. Um, I don't know really if any any else worth worth mentioning. But those are kind of the other competitors as well. But if this can actually, you know gain a lot of traction and actually be a worthy successor It could actually be out Evernote because well it's Evernote and they haven't been doing the best job of retaining customers you know thing that they should be doing they don't do because why do that that's just silly uh but yeah if you want to check it out just check it out you can sign up for it um no harm in that uh but anyways moving on to Amazon. So Amazon looks like it's going to be launching an anime streaming service for $5 a month for Prime subscribers. So if you are the, a lover of anime which I am not, but I am not against well this, uh this could be something for you because it'll be some notable anime uh brands, franchises, stories, whatever whatever you call it um this is something for you. I'm not really well versed in it, but it's I, I've seen some. It's it's interesting, just not my cup of tea, unfortunately. Or cup of coffee, I should say, because this is digital coffee. But I do drink tea, I don't discriminate. Um, this, this is something something you should you should check out, actually. So if you're one of those, but be sure that you're signed up for Prime, because if you don't have Prime, you can't really get this, but it's for five dollars a month. So be sure that you know you'll actually be watching these because if you don't, you're just wasting five bucks, and that's just never good. All right, now moving on to YouTube. So YouTube uh, is testing out an in-app messaging kind of like Facebook Messenger uh, because we always need more messaging services. Uh, YouTube decided to you know get on the board extremely late for some odd reason. This is the one thing I can't really understand is that Google sometimes get on, on things really late for no apparent reason at all. So this one, I mean, you could share YouTube videos with anything, any messaging app. Instead, they wanna do their own, but I mean, you really have to love YouTube uh, to actually use it, and you actually have friends to actually do that as well. So I'm not really sure how well this will play out. I'm still not convinced it's gonna, it's really the best option. I think you should focus on other things, and I I th- I know I understand why they're doing it because they're trying to find their first social media app platform that's successful. They've already tried twice, which Google Plus did recently update, which was intriguing because I actually thought Google just kind of just abandoned it or mostly abandoned it altogether because it looked like they weren't doing much with it. Uh, but with YouTube, it, it, it's their driving force. It's what they're putting into it. Now, it's in its beta format. It's only in Canada. So you Canadians are lucky, maybe, I guess. Maybe not. It depends on how well it's going to be utilized or if it's going to actually be used at all. I mean, YouTube already has a commenting system, so it, it does seem a little redundant, but this could be a little bit more of a personal thing of sending to your friends if you follow your friends on YouTube, but you also have to follow them too. So there's that. Uh, so... Maybe it'll work and maybe some popular YouTubers will actually use this to message their friends or their subscribers as well. There could be some interesting things with this as well. But since they're kind of uh, marketing this as you know more of a way of messaging your friends, my thing is always is do we need another messaging service? I know it's built into YouTube, but do we need another one? Does, does it really make a lot of sense. I mean, Google, you already have Hangouts. You already have Messenger. You already have Allo and Duo. Do you need a fifth one? I know it's inside of it, but seriously, do you need five different messaging apps? I told you, I said this before in other ones. You need to lock down and not have so many of these other ones. It's getting a little ridiculous where I'm like, I don't know if you... If you understand what you're doing, I feel like you don't and you're just trying a whole bunch of things. And Google is notorious for doing that quite a bit. Seriously, five different messaging, I know it's in app, but still messaging type services, actually six if you count spaces, which is a group messaging app. Pick one, like pick it. Stop doing all these different things because people are going to get confused. Even I'm starting to lose track of how many different messaging services you actually, you know, produce and maintain because it gets a little crazy. Uh, So we'll see. We'll see if it actually works out. Like I said, they're still testing it, so it could or could not work out. We don't really know for sure, but it could. All right, moving on to Monzilla. So uh, Monzilla looks like it's updated its... um, it's logo, it's, I guess it's its logo. I mean, it's just its name. So instead of just traditional uh, text with the traditional words, it's, it's a little bit more techy because it has the colons as the I and then the backlashes as the L, and that's the only thing that changed about it. It's like the most minor update I've seen, and it doesn't look terrible. I mean, for me, the terrible one would have been Verizon's new logo change with a little check mark to... Like I said, once before, it looks like it's spell-checked. Oh, you spread Verizon right. Good job. Um, but this one looks... It's, it's minor, but people are kind of complaining about it, because that's what we do, complain about things. Because it looks like an emoji between the, two, the colon and the two backslashes. Like, I don't know about this type of thing. But it looks a little bit more modern web, uh, and it's very minimalistic. And so, this is probably why they're doing it because it's kind of the happy medium of a complete redesign, but not so complete um, that um, that that it's like this jarring thing. But it's still a little bit of a redesign. Like I said, when I even look at it, at their different uh, images, it doesn't look that different. It doesn't. It's not completely where I my if I were just in autopilot mode, my mind would just gloss over it because i would just be like. eh, hey. Mozilla, but I mean if you kind of like actually spend a little bit of time of it, you'll be like, oh, there's a little bit of a difference. Like I said, this is probably the happy medium where it's not a complete redesign where you actually upset a whole bunch of people, but it's not but it's still different in some ways. And that's all I have to really say about that. Alright, so we actually are gonna to get to talk about Evernote. So Evernote did update, I think Monday uh but it's, it's a little confusing and it's confused everybody around the web and tech sphere is that we don't understand why it took so long to update your app Now i don't actually use evernote that much anymore and there's a few reasons why and this is probably a reason why it's not doing very well one they changed it where free users can't do unlimited syncs which i don't really understand why they took that one away uh, to the private policy, which they did backtrack on, but they, the damage was already done when they actually did that. So the privacy policy change was that they were trying to do more machine learning to actually you know, do better recommendations, but they also said that employees could read anybody's notes and people are a little bit of, well, they weren't happy about it. And to say at least, I, who would be happy when you hear, oh. Well, some of our employees, even though we'll, we'll vet them properly, we'll be able to look at your notes. And you're like, I don't want people looking at my notes. They're my notes. And so that understandably got people upset. And then Evernote backtrack, but the damage was already done when they actually put this out. <laughs> my thing is, why didn't someone in the meeting go, um, so we could get backlash on this because this doesn't sound very good. Uh, should we actually do this? Sometimes you just wonder in those meetings if anybody's actually thinking that but never actually says it because they probably should say it. Because no one's going, oh, yes, this will really be beneficial to our customers. And then someone should be like, but we're we're looking at their notes. This sounds like people aren't going to like it very much. But nope, no one decided to say anything or upper management – basically vetoed that and be like, no, no, this is good. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, maybe we were wrong about that. But the interesting thing is that the update is only for iOS. And the unfortunate thing is Evernote, it's not only on iOS. And so my thing is, is if you're gonna do a refresh update, why don't you refresh update all your services and not just one of them? Uh, because now it just feels like you don't care about the other ones. It just doesn't make you look very good. Uh, I mean, I like the new update. I think the new update's useful, and u- way more usable than useful than it was, or usable or usability as it was because it's getting a little bloated. Um, there were a little bit nicer user interfaces in other apps like Google Keep or OneNote, and they didn't really do much with the Evernote app. They kind of just let it go as it was. I mean, they kind of did some updates. They were a little bit minor, um, it just didn't seem like a good, um, it didn't seem very good. Um, and I start, stopped eventually using it because there was other apps like Paper for saving articles or Google Keep, which is like tied into all my Google, um, accounts or OneNote if you actually get, um, if you actually get the Office Suite, it actually is really useful as well. Um, So there's all these different types of things and they all kind of outpaced Evernote, even though Evernote was kind of first in this, they all outpaced it quite easily because Evernote kind of languished with its, oh, now we're gonna change our subscription service, which is gonna be more expensive, but we'll give you less. And we're gonna take away the unlimited syncs for the free users because, well, they're free and they're freeloaders. So why would we care about them? Because instead of going, oh, let's try to onboard them, try to convince them that way, We'll just, you know, take things away and, you know, say, oh, well, you have to upgrade. Doesn't make me want to upgrade. (laughs) Makes me go, well, apparently I should go somewhere else. I mean, if you, I always say if you're going to do this, I would rather you add features to the premium instead of taking things away from the free stuff that was already free before and taking it away. And so you're basically saying, well, you don't deserve this. And you're giving someone the wrong mindset that you don't care about their, about about the customer in general. And that's not what you, that's what, that's not what you want the customer to have in mind ever, ever. If you have, if they have that perception, you've lost them and you're, you're going to have to find new customers. Even though there's a lot of people in the world, I would not, I would not, I would not rely on that. At all because it's a bad. It's just bad. So it's unfortunate because I used to like Evernote. I used to use it quite a bit, and then I just said, you know what? I don't like the whole. I can only sync this on two devices because it's on the f- free version. Even though before this, I could sync to anything I wanted to, so it actually seemed useful. So I actually did consider for a while if I wanted to do the premium. Uh, just resources wouldn't allow me to do that. So I didn't do it because I thought it was more of a luxury for that. So I didn't do it. And now it's like, well, I can only do two. And I was like, well, I guess I I guess I don't need this anymore uh, because there's other ones that I can sync unlimitedly to and it won't matter and it's free. So apparently you've missed out on the whole point. Like if you're going to be competitive, at least be competitive to your other um, competitors, your other competitors, are doing unlimited things for f- as many devices as you want and you're not anymore. You're kind of already telling people to not use your app, even with a nice redesign. And it's really nice. I, lo- I liked redesign. I just wish it was more on than iOS. There's a lot of reason. Anyways, moving on to Google has acquired fabric developer from Twitter. That's right. Twitter first made an acquisition for it and it was Crash Analytics and other things as well. Um, a little bit of other things. And so basically once they acquired it after in 2014, um, it's now giving it to Google. So Google is actually getting this as well. Now I will say this is a lot better way than what Facebook did to Parcel, which basically just said they just, they just cut it off and didn't do it anymore. So that's a good thing. So it looks like Twitter's either trimming down to make sure it's being profitable or trimming down to actually make it look like it's a beneficial way of being acquired. I don't know which one it is, and everybody's speculating between those two because it did try before last year and did do a quite a good job. And so maybe it's trying again, but it's also offshoring a lot of different things with changing the Vine social media account to Vine camera. Uh, Periscope looks like it could actually be gone to just Twitter live instead. Which I don't know why they just didn't do it in the beginning, uh, and uh, this other acquisition is just well, it's going to be the same. So, um, so the fabric team is going to go over to Google and it's going to be part of the Firebase system, which is actually a pretty good system, uh, which basically is going to be Crash Analytics and uh, Fastlane and other stuff as well. Uh, so at least at least something good comes out of this, and at least that uh, even though it's undisclosed, at least it's a good acquisition, and no one's losing their jobs i think that's a really good thing so either way um at least this is a, a little bit better thing than what what google's had i mean twitter's had to deal with with the closing of Twitter dashboard with the closing of vine um this is a little bit more of a bright little bright spot in twitter i mean of at least getting something out of the deal too all right Are you a passionate VR person? Do you love VR? Do you think it's the future? I really don't. I think AR is. If you don't know what VR and AR is, then I'll say it's virtual reality and augmented reality. So are you passionate VR person? Well, Cam Soda, which is a very, um, it's an adult webcam site, has decided to make a, um, it almost looks like a gas mask for vr so you look really weird with it on you have this gas mac like thing over your mouth and nose and then you're gonna have vr unit over your eyes and your ears for hearing so it just looks like you're like it doesn't look good but if you ever wanted to smell the things that you're viewing which i don't understand why you would uh this is the one for you It looks, I'm sorry, it just looks so terrible. I want to laugh at the person that whoever decides to do this, because it's not a good thing to do. I recommend you never, ever do this. Never do this. Never. Please don't. For the love of God, do not do this. You look ridiculous if you actually do this. Or if you actually are going to do this, only do it at home and by yourself, because it doesn't look good. And I just don't understand the purpose of it. I get it. It's the adult websites and the port industry in general has always been the cutting edge of tech, but there's, I guess it's, it's, it's almost on absurdity how it looks um, like, but this is, this is probably a quick way of getting, um, uh, well, of getting just kind of attention and marketing on it. Cause people are picking it up. You know, I'm talking about a little bit, but the reason why I'm talking about it is the picture looks ridiculous. Like, you look like a gas mask on or a breathing mask on with a VR unit. It looks, it, it doesn't look good at all. It's just, that's just how it is. Not looking good at all. But like I said, if you are a staunch VR supporter, this could be it for you. It probably won't be cheap. But if you ever wanted to smell whatever you want, whenever you're doing, like rose petals or human perspiration this is it that then go ahead and get it cuz that's that's what it's all about all right moving on to Leica so Leica has a new camera called the M10 and it's kind of harkening back to the old school one of you know the film and your father's and grandfather's but it's not cuz it has inter- interchangeable lenses which is awesome um it also has a uh, body and a 30% larger field of view as well, so the body has been a little bit refreshed. Uh, also has a 24 megapixel full frame CMOS sensor, another great thing, and it also does a lot higher uh iOS which is 100 to 50,000, which is and also has two gigs of buffer memory and continuous shooting at five pr- frames per second. Not pretty, it's, it's not bad, uh, for the camera. Um now, there's a new, there's new image processor that writes uh, 30 consecutive DNG or raw files or 100 JPEG images at full resolution, another great thing. Also, there's Wi-Fi remote app support. So there you go with that one as well. Uh, so the price tag, well, that's, that's not going to be pretty so let me put this let me put this in perspective so i talked about last week the panasonic gh5 which i have the gh2 and i highly recommend the camera it's a really good camera that's two thousand dollars and that allows you to have a body that will basically make any lens uh image stable image stabilized it also will shoot um 160 frames i think per second in 1080p and shoot in 4k and that's two grand this is six thousand four hundred ninety-five dollars. Yeah, that's a huge markup. I would still, even though I love Leica cameras and they're really good, I and that's without the lens. Mind you. Yeah, that, that's how expensive it is. I would actually go with the Panasonic GH5, then the Leica. Even though I love Leica cameras, they're really great, but seriously, I could I can get more out of panasonic and more uses out of the panasonic than i can with the leica camera just have to weigh your options sometimes it just seems like a best one all right if you don't if you didn't know about the news the uh, the Mira botnet which uh kind of did some uh, nefarious uh, things to dsn server uh, services uh, that was linked to some Chinese manufacturer of security cameras and other, another Internet of Things that had poor passwords. Well, that botnet that did, uh, that usually does really good dedicated denial of service, which is very common in gaming, the gaming industry. Well, it looks like it may have been done by a DDoS protection developer. That's right. It looks like they were kind of upset that one that their competitors getting more business. They want to get more business. And so on the side, they would uh, do this. And so what well, the problem was that they went after somebody they probably shouldn't have gone after, uh, because he took offense when they took out down his site. And so now he's trying to figure out what's going on with it. But the pro Traff employees look like the culprit for it. It looks like they've kind of used kind of the same code throughout it. And, um, that's kind of how it's looking. So that does not look good. And this could be another reason why they actually brought it out into the wild and kind of gave the source code for it um, through kind of one of the sites so people could download it so they wouldn't get found out, but eventually they would get uh, found out. But yeah, this uh, some serious implications for it. Um, But why would you do that? I mean, granted you took down somebody that you probably shouldn't have it was a security researcher called uh, Brian curbs that had his whole site taken down by this and now he had a now he had a vendetta to find out who did this and why they did it and now this is what happens so good job good job Rothford for you know doing a thing that you did and you probably should never should have never have done this it, that way i mean i get it that business wasn't great and you're trying to you know Trying to get the competition away from the from stiff competition from the mine, minecraft server market But it just didn't work out and now you did it this way because it was really easy money Which you probably should have never done, but yeah, well now it's out in the wild have fun with that one idiots um, Moving on to Hulu. Hulu is actually going to be offering offline access to videos in a few months. It's right. Um, so not only will they, do they have their DVR in place for that, but they also will do it uh, offline access. And this is not the first time Amazon and Netflix have already had this. Amazon being the, kind of the first one to do this and Netflix following in November with this as well. But uh, Hulu will probably try to work with the other um, networks to get their shows uh, to be able to have all, offline access. Amazon kind of does the same thing. Netflix doesn't. They don't work with it, but they also have a really good lineup of original content. So they don't really need uh, to have that, even though they probably should do it, they probably not because they have their own access to it. Uh, But if you're an avid Hulu user, this could be something great for you. If you're not, well, at least you know now, it's gonna happen in a few months, woo! Kind of, sort of. All right, for my Android users, if you don't like Google Assistant, and well, I don't really know why, but you can, you could not like it because then we'll know more about you. We can have Microsoft know more about you because Microsoft is beta testing a feature to bring Cortana to the lock screen. That's right, now you can use, you know you could potentially use Cortana on the lock screen to you know, update you or remind you about you know, birthdays or meeting or you know getting home on a certain decent time or whatever else you need it to update on. That's what it could do. Through the lock screen. So if you really want Cortana instead of Google Assistant, because Cortana actually sounds like a cooler name than Google Assistant, then this is it for you. But yeah, it seems interesting that um that they're making interesting moves. Microsoft's making interesting moves in the mobile sector, but not with phones. But it's trying to find its way through the mobile. Um, Ecosystem because it hasn't really done a great job in the past. This is kind of like a happy medium way forward. So we should see if it actually will be a good thing or not. Uh, I think it actually will be if people like it. Now you have to really want to be all team Microsoft for this. Um, I'm a little bit more team Google, but not fully. I like different types of programs, Uh, but like I said before, it's up to you, but yeah, you can download it and see if you want to beta test it out or not. Okay, so Silicon Valley again—the headaches of my headache. I love tech, but sometimes Silicon Valley, I just want you to be quiet for maybe a month. But nope. So Silicon Valley employees decided to protest in front of plant here uh, headquarters over fears that Trump building a Muslim registry. My problem is is that I get it. Um, Registries aren't really that great. They're kind of un-American in some ways because um, it go, it's the antith- antithesis – couldn't say that at first – of uh, freedom, what we stand for. However, and this is my biggest qualm, you care about this now. But when the NSA was doing this for 13 years and you kind of were going along with it, it was okay. You weren't harking on Obama for allowing this as well. Because he is the president that didn't stop it either. And so my problem is, is that are you are you just picking and choosing because the president that's – the incoming president doesn't align with you? My problem is that you need to stop being blindsided by your own uh, political party doing stupid, nefarious things and being like, oh, no, I'm good. And then all of a sudden being like, oh, my gosh, the one – the bad guy, the one that's on my team is doing this. We must stop. Ah. But when Obama does it, oh, we're cool. I, I, it, that doesn't fly with me. You have to you have to not do this. This looks very petty. And my problem is that everybody's being petty. Now, if they actually are going to do this, great. But if one of the higher-ups at Blantier said, we're not going to be doing this, and you go, well, not good enough. Really? Really, not good enough. So everybody else that does this and says they won't do this, Apple, Alphabet, and Facebook said, "Oh, we won't do this. We'll, we we sent a letter, we're good." But no, here. well, we won't do this. Well, not enough. We need we need proof that you're not going to do this. So why don't you have proof for everybody else that's not going to do it? So, what I'm hearing is is since Peter uh, Thiel is on the Trump transition team, now he's the bad guy, and we must fight him at every turn, even though we really really don't have very many evidence or facts to back this up beyond well, veiled threats from Trump, which he does a lot. So it's not like this is anything new. Oh, man, it's going to be a long four years, and I'm just going to hear more stupidity come out of Silicon Valley. You guys may be really great at tech, but with logic and politics, you seem a little dunce about it. You seem like you need to read a little bit more to gain an understanding about this. And that's my problem about this is that – I know San Francisco's huge, hugely left, but if you're not logical about like, or even do some soul searching about your own party and see that your own party is not that virtuous, you have a problem here. I don't like the left, I don't like the right, but the problem is that you make me side with the right more often because you do these things and you don't sound intelligent. You sound like little babies that lost. You haven't shown most of everybody else that you can handle a loss. You're like, oh my gosh, we lost, we must riot. Let's destroy property. I know it's not all you, but still, I mean, you're part of that group. And even though you're like, well, we distance ourselves. Okay, but if if the KKK is part of the right, then we're gonna put those writers in your side because you keep on putting the KKK white nationalists because that's everything that's been talked about about the right, Um, then we're gonna put that in yours because if you're gonna have unfounded claims, then fine. Then people will start doing unfounded claims about you. Can't have it both ways, I'm sorry. This is getting a little ridiculous. Once again, stop Silicon Valley, think. Think about it, think about your own party Think about what they did or are doing because I'm pretty sure it's almost in line with almost everything that's been going on with what the right's been doing. They aren't that different, to be honest with you. They are just very, well, the only true difference between the right and the left is that the left really just wants to go full communist. The right kind of sort of doesn't as much to an extent and still cares about freedom but the left is completely full communist that's what i've seen and i'm just like nope uh, you completely closed me off to the left because of that every time every time stop it think about it and think about what you're gonna say because every time i read this stuff it's like are you really good are you really saying this right now <sighs> Anyways, moving on to Facebook. So Facebook looks like it's it's done away with its old inbox, or for some people on the web, I should say. So instead of the old email client that it had, is basically Messenger. So it's Messenger. It's Facebook has gone full Messenger. It's embraced its messaging uh, client, and why shouldn't it? Because people use it a lot. So if you've gotten it, great. I've gotten it. I've seen the changes on it. Um, if you don't like it, well, I'm sorry, don't use Facebook anymore because you, you're going to have to use it or you can complain about it, but you're still going to have to use it. So yes, they've finally changed it. Uh, like I said before, no longer is it the old um, the old style of uh, kind of the email service style um, where you got these other messages. Where you didn't even know you got these other messages because Facebook would never tell you got it. And be like, I guess I knew something and be like, you did? Oh, whoops, my bad. Didn't, didn't know. If I knew, I would have gotten back to you. But I didn't know. So I didn't get back to you. Um, so this, I think this will be a lot better just as a unification and just as a way of, you know, actually getting your messages. Because I like to get my messages, or most of them, or at least be like, oh, I can ignore this. I know Facebook loves to do its algorithm and tell you what it wants you to, you know, read, but I don't. I like doing it myself. I'm not lazy like that. I'm lazy in other areas. Anyways, moving on to title. Yes, if you're actually still using Tidal, um, it has a new feature that's called track editing feature for mobile users. So it's not really like no you don't really know about it it's kind of the back end you gotta go look through the setting systems but yes you could do some track editing um features or additions to that as well plus with the other one of basically updating um with master tracks uh looks like it's a interesting way of doing things i'm not really sure what title's trying to pivot to i mean what it's supposed to be music streaming service but since it's only a paid service, kind of like Apple Music, uh, I don't know how well it's, it's been doing. I don't think it's been doing as well as it could be doing. But that's because, well, um, I mean, it's hard to compete in this realm because you got you got Pandora, you have Spotify, you have Apple Music, uh, you can even put um, you either you can put Google Music in there as well because it has its own service too. Um, so, like I said before. You, you, it sounded like a good idea. It sounded like it would have, it would have been an interesting offering, but just the price of it and just people going, I don't, I, I don't know why I need this. That was the biggest hang-up for title. Um, I'm not saying that it isn't a bad service. It's just I don't think people really. Cared about it when I when I read or saw what it was going to be. I was like, okay, so what makes you different besides your your subscription's are a lot higher than Spotify or Apple Music or Google Play or Pandora? So are you giving me more features besides high quality uh, music that most people can't um, can't hear? If not, then I don't think I need you. But yeah, if you actually are a title user, you should check this out. Pretty interesting. All right, so here's the interesting thing. It's called Laugh.ly. And what it is is basically a streaming service for uh, comedy or comedians. What it is is basically a way for people to listen to their favorite comedians. And the uh, founder said that, you know what comedians? They've been hurt by kind of diminishing DVD and CD sales. They really can't do that. Um, Plus, since you can find a lot of clips on the web, it's not really easy to find another revenue stream because you aren't really getting that revenue stream whatsoever. So this is a way of kind of like help boosting that revenue stream, especially for the smaller ones, not the big ones, because the big ones, they may be hurting a little bit, but they don't hurt as much as the small ones trying to build themselves up as well. Now, I don't know if they have it for up and coming uh, comedians. I know they have it... um, for kind of the big names. And at launch, when they launched it, they had about 450 comedians. They're up to 600. So they've had a boost in that as well. Um, but like I said before, uh, this does look very interesting. And if you do listen to a lot of comedians quite a bit, this could be a good one for you. Of course, a lot of these probably actually have podcasts. So there's that as well. But this could actually give um, your favorite comedians some you know, revenue you know, to live. So that's That's a nice thing to do. But yeah, uh, if you want to check it out, it's for iOS and Android. So there is no, um, you can pick and choose and you can enjoy your favorite ones. uh, Share it with your friends. Um, They do have top channels, comedian radio as well. So it does look very interesting in what it offers. Um, And it does have different types of searches from comedians to albums to new as well. Um, And you can do jokes which i don't understand about that but there's different types of uh, ways of listening to your favorite comedians or finding new ones because that's always good too all right twitter and well there's always a little bit more bad news but apparently twitter is phasing out the buy button so yes if you're a part of e-commerce i'm sorry but they're phasing this out you cannot um you are not going to be able to you know have that buy button directly to get people to buy your product with what Twitter trying to focus on now is to acquisition people to go to the website to buy it. So, um, if you're using places like spot, Shopify, uh, big commerce, um, with uh, I think it's the name of it or how you, how you pronounce it. I should say, uh, this really won't be viable anymore, which doesn't really make it as, um, like Spotify and all of them as enticing anymore. Um, like I would rather just be using WooCommerce, if, especially if, if you're using uh, WordPress. However, the only big thing that Shopify actually has right now is that uh, the Bible Pinterest button. is The only thing that actually is more enticing, especially if you have a big following, that could help boost sales for you as well. But yeah, uh, if you are having a problem with that, um. Yeah, it's just no more. It's done. It's gone. Later, people. Bye bye. No more of that. No more. It's unfortunate, but that's that's how it is. Also, with the bad news is that Twitter has shut down as of yesterday, and it's now become Twitter Camera. I mean, Twitter. Twitter hasn't shut down. Excuse me. Vine has shut down. When I said Twitter, even thinking maybe I'm future telling. Um, Vine has shut down and it has become Vine camera. So um, you can no longer share or like or comment on anything on Vine anymore. It is no longer, it is no more. Now you can get the Vine camera on iOS and Android. And uh, <clears throat> it also has discontinued the uh, Vine Windows phone app or even the desktop app because it's kind of universal things. So you can't really use that anymore. Um, so if you really wanted to update, sorry, you can't do that. You're gonna to have to go source it all through Twitter. Um, I used it a little bit; still not that reliable. I've still had problems actually uploading it. But like I said, it's it's not that difficult to use. It's pretty good. Um, I don't actually mind it too much. Um, with that as well, Twitter will um, will update or will um, or will all videos. Under six and a half seconds, they will loop. Uh, this is kind of their way of keeping Vine as Vine, but not really Vine. Um, now, what they could do, what I've seen around the web, which I actually kind of agree with, would be a uh, to actually um, just have a, a hashtag dedicated to Vine loops, um, or even have um, kind of a category for that too. Uh, But we'll see what they're actually going to be doing with this and what transition will be. But the unfortunate thing about this is why Vine failed was mainly because of live video and Twitter didn't really believe in it after a while and just no new updates. It just kind of diminished what it actually was. And it's unfortunate because Vine was an interesting little platform. It's just just Twitter didn't do it quite right. And so it died that way. Uh, Unfortunately, if you do not update your app, or your platform, and eventually it will die. No one really will care about it. It's the unfortunate thing about the web. It's a great and unfortunate thing too. But yeah, that's how it is. All right, looks like AMD is uh, talking a, a lot about its uh, other Zen processor called Naples. And this is more for the service server business. Um, so what it is is that uh, Intel has its Xeon processors, which is core of the market pretty well. Uh, AMD tried to go with a more ARM architecture, with which was, um, which w- what they want to do is be more efficient with it, but it just never caught on. And then it just kind of discontinued or didn't really try too hard into it. Because what because prior to um, Zen, it wanted to go from x86, which is the norm to the ARM. And like I said before, it'd be more power efficient. And just never really worked, and so now they're going back to the X eighty six architecture instead, and um, the Naples will have thirty two core count, with the Xeon only has twenty four core counts, which is another great thing. Now the Intel Xeon Phi supercomputing chip has up to seventy two cores, but that's not for the mainstream market, so those are only for higher end. Now AMD has said that they will have different core counts for the CPU, so it just won't be that one. But this could be an interesting competition for them and it could actually leverage businesses to try to get a little bit more of a discount with the Xeon um, network uh, because it's a little bit lower than what it is or uh, people could be enticed to actually use the AMD one. Now I'm hoping for the latter than the previous, but we never really know. It's probably gonna take AMD a little bit longer to actually get back into a better um, stance in the marketplace for the server side of it. Uh, but we could see a resurgent with it. Like I said, AMD has done a really good job with um, coming out with better products than it has, than it has done in the previous years. Uh, previous years, it's been okay, but it has been great, um, starting with the new graphic card line with the RX line of the uh, 480 first of all and then 470 and then 460 um, and now with the new Vega line that's coming out, that's supposed to be more of the high end graphics uh, computing that could be an interesting thing as well so I'm excited to see what's going, what's going to happen with um, AMD in 2017 I'm thinking they're going to make a, huge, a better resurg- resurgence than they've done in previous years but that's not confirmed yet so take that with a grain of salt it's just speculation, that's all it is all right, are you a Windows 10 average user? Do you use a lot of different apps? Well, it looks like Microsoft is opening an ebook store for Windows 10, so you can buy books straight from the Windows Store. If you, if that's what you do, um, the problem is, is that well, you're only be able to read it in one spot unless you get a Windows Phone or Surface. Uh, so it's not that practical, but it is interesting what what. Uh, It will be. um, It will also be able to read them through um, Edge, which has the new ePub uh, file as well. Uh, So if you're looking for another ebook store that's not Amazon or Barnes Noble or any other one, this is the one you might want to check out. I say about this is that it sounds great, but Amazon Kindle is a little bit more. Available everywhere, so I can go from my iOS tablet, still read something, to my Android phone, still read something, to my computer, and still read something. With the Windows 10 store, I really just don't have that option. I only have one option, and that's about it. So, like I said, sounds great. Sounds awesome. Sounds amazing. But if I can only read on my desktop, sounds very useless. What I'm saying. Now, if you kind of been just, you know, autopilot through this thing, this is the one This is the one thing you should be, you know, really paying attention to. So this is this new sophisticated Gmail phishing scam. That's right. And what it does is that it unfortunately kind of um, mimics someone that you actually know and trust. And so what that actually does is that they will send you an attachment. You kind of click on the click uh, on the view or download or try to download the attachment. And it'll say to log in to your Google Google accounts.google.com. And it looks very official. And then you sign in and boom, they have, they're in. And so um, I'd be very weary about that. I'd be very weary about anything that makes you sign in once you're already into Gmail, don't do it. Um, Because it's gonna be very suspicious. That's all I have to say about it because the problem is is that once they get into it, they'll they will start, they will, they will continue the phishing scam. So then you will have they'll look at your friends, send them the same thing, and it goes on and on and on, and they'll get they'll have full access to it. It has been reported that it actually may even circumvent the two-factor authentication, but Google has always said, hey, just turn it on anyways. Now Google is working to actually fix this problem and to make sure this doesn't happen to as many people. But um, this is your uh, public service announcement that just be wary of even if you trust somebody of some attachments, especially if it makes you sign in to your Google account. Do not do it. Just get out of it uh, because once you sign in, you're going to change your password. It's not going to be fun because doing all that stuff is never fun. All right, moving on to Samsung and their security cameras. So Samsung has a security camera line and it looks like it's been, well, once again, hacked. Um, so prior to it, it was hacked because of not very secure um, way of getting to it. Now they did plug that loophole in there, but unfortunately in a new blog post, the firmware updates um, a group of white hat, hat hacker group. Now you may be thinking, but they're bad. No, 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 there's black hat, which is bad. There's white hat, which actually helps businesses figure out vulnerabilities and these types of things so they can help plug them and so no one else that isn't as um, virtuous won't do something worse. Um, So what they did is that they circumvented the firmware for the firmware updates and then uploaded a script or installed a script uh, including user defined file names as well basically in order to take over cameras by gaining access to their administration panels and so it looks like Samsung's going to be working on fixing this problem as well. But as always, with anything that's kind of connected like this, um, there's always going to be problems. And a lot of smart technology isn't very secure secure in, in general. So there's that. There's also been vulnerabilities in the D-Link webcams as well. And um, Apple's even hit with this with their iSight system. Uh, so this is just not... Um, Beholding into like windows and android and those type of things apple's been hit with it too and as always i always for these types of things especially the webcams that you can look through over the web i would always hold off on it when there can be an actually good robust or more robust security uh, protocols in place because right now there really isn't very much and a lot of the times it's easy to hack in and developers aren't really doing much to kind of counteract that. With the Nest in general, it's, it's been reported to be um, hacked in, well, less than 10 seconds and other ones as well. It's just not very good. So I would hold off on it. If you have a smart TV, turn off the smart features because that one can be very easily hacked as well. That's a warning for all of you. Now moving on to uh, apps and programs you should try out this week. So there's one called G gather, which is a little interesting where it tries to, uh, it shows you what people are bookmarking. So you can see what people are bookmarking and see, well, maybe I actually want to do this. There's an easy uh, one click Chrome, uh, Chrome extension install. Uh, you can, Like I said, you can see where everybody's uh, bookmarking and see if something you actually might like. So you can try that if you want to, it's called G gather. Uh, there's also another one called rightful and it allows you to kind of see, uh, your writing is and if you're using uh phrases correctly now there's extension and chrome extension you can download for mac windows and linux as well so you don't have much to lose um you can hear how things are your text is pronounced uh translate from any language into english uh you can also uh you can also see what other scholars you see what people are saying on the web, or what other scholars are saying about it as well. So you have those options. So it's called Rightful. Also, Hemingway Editor. Now I'm a little miffed about them a little bit uh, because I did buy the 2.0 version because I didn't think they would update so quickly. Uh, but this one has, and I don't have the option as well, which, like I said before kind of makes me a little upset. Um, But uh, this new update allows you to publish directly to WordPress and Medium, which I would actually use quite well, but it's $20 to actually get this. It's for Mac or Windows. There's also a free web version if you just want to do that as well. Also, the other thing is that it sends Hemingway highlights to colleagues from, from a PDF as well. So there's that, but my thing about this is that I just bought like a couple months ago for 20 bucks uh, and now they're just updated again, and I don't even have the newest, which is only two different things. Kind of miffed about that, and we'll not buy another $20 just to get two new updates. That's ridiculous. All right. Now, every once in a while, I'll talk about coffee stuff, and, well, Jack Daniels out of everybody else is actually making a whiskey-infused coffee. Now, it's not alcoholic. You're thinking, yes, I'll get caffeinated and drunk. Nope you will just have the flavor, the flavor palettes of some of the whiskey stuff or whiskey flavors as well. Um, it's not cheap actually. Now it's back ordered because i try to see if I could order one. So they only have an 8.8 8. 8 ounce tin in a one and a half ounce bag. And the 8.8 8 ounce tin is 22 bucks, which is not cheap. And then the one and a half ounce bag is like six bucks, so I once it's non backordered, I will probably try this very small um, one, <laughs> and it will probably be the one and a half ounce bag, um, because well, I think I can buy I can buy better coffee for less price than that, like Stumptown for ten dollars cheaper and get 13 ounces. So it's not even cost effective, but if you're looking for new coffee or just want to try it out, get the one and a half ounce bag for six bucks and see if you actually like it or not. But I would not get that 10 for 22 bucks. It's ridiculous. Um, Also, if you really like the night mode in uh, the mobile app for Twitter, there is a Chrome extension called Twitter Web Night Mode. So check it out if you want to, and we'll just turn everything to night mode, just like the mobile app does. Also, since tax season is coming up, there is a way to put 1099 tax form by payable. So you can get 1099 tax form, especially for the freelancers, because that's always fun. Easy, quickly, and not without biggest hassle. So check it out if you want to, because, you know, it's always good to be prepared early for this one. So that's that for that. And this is the end of Digital Coffee. Once again, it's a very long one because politics was involved. But thank you for tuning in. As always, please uh, subscribe to uh, Digital Coffee on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and all the other ones. Um, also, be sure to um, follow Digital Coffee on Twitter, Anchor Radio, Facebook, Instagram. I'm trying Flipagram. I don't think it'll work very well, but why not? Um, I would say Vine, but it's no longer. Giphycat. I'm on there as well um youtube as well uh, twitch daily motion hitbox beam uh all those among those as well also if you like these podcasts please consider subscribing or supporting me on patreon and Podbean. I appreciate it and i have some great coffee mugs and t-shirts T-shorts? t-shirts t-shirts they go on your chest uh, and a hoodie. If you guys want to support me that way, I really appreciate it. Join me on Friday when I go through Gaming News in Gamers Cafe. All right, guys. Have a good Thursday. See you Friday. Later.